0: Welcome to a suspiciously summer-like May day on Memorial Day weekend. We're pulling some tarot cards. We're taking a nature walk because this is Burning Tarot and I'm T. You know, the summer heat has a particular feel to it. It's got a sense of stillness even when there's wind. You hear the bugs buzzing around and the sun beats down hard. And there's such an inevitability about it. Such a feeling of having to be in the here and now. Not having to strive to be in the moment. Not having to work hard for a sense of presence. It's just right there because it's so hot. What the heck else could you possibly do other than exist and truly be, maybe complain about, maybe relish? Be in that summer heat. And in this spring heat right now on Memorial Day weekend here in the kingdom of Middle Oregon, I'm feeling a little bit of that summer-style heat. We've still got a spring breeze on top of it. But there's something of that inevitability, that that sense of you're tired, well, you better sit down. That's what I'm doing. I made it not very far at all into the woods before I was beset by tiredness. I have some health things going on, so that adds to it as well. But still, it was sort of like the whole forest and the whole quiet summeriness of the day said, you know, it's not really about your walk and all that exercise you need. It's about this moment. This moment. It is a fine moment. There are birds, there is breeze. Occasionally there's a background hum of machinery or airplane. There has been some rain and drizzle here in central Oregon, and so there's a lot of greenery popping out in the forest. It's this wonderful blue-tinged green, most of it. Grayish, bluish and all the foliage is very happy to have this drizzly weather that we had for a while there. The wolf lichen is gleaming green. And there are birds, and they're the beginnings of summer bugs. Not in the quantities yet that we will see them later. So I decided to pull three cards today to give us a fairly well-rounded reading. We are looking at, we're looking at uh, where we are, and where we're going, and we are using a deck that was given to me by one of the fine Burning Tarot listeners. You know who you are. Your name starts with M. Thank you again. Uh, these are the Fairy Tarot cards. I like them because they're they're different from my normal style, and so they get my brain to think a little bit differently. So, what is it that we've been through recently? What's kind of coloring all that we're moving into now? The card is the Seven of Spring, also known as the Seven of Wands. This We we drew this one before, for Burning Tarot. It shows a um, fairy woman leaping through the sky wearing red and a very cool um, metal armband, very uh, Wonder Woman meets Rome-looking cuff. And in that same arm, she is carrying a bow, longbow. And we do not see her actual arrows, but they are presumed to be around nearby. She seems to be materializing in a tree, a tree which is in blossom, some kind of deciduous tree. But it's evening. We can see a dark sky behind her with illuminated white clouds and a gigantic, very close, full moon. So this is some fiery energy. But with the seven of spring of wands, rods, etc. There can also be a feeling of tiredness. There's a fieriness in that. There's some conflict going on. In this deck, the message for this card is to be assertive. Don't back down from what you believe. Courageously stand up for yourself. Or the case might be stand up for other, others. Stand up for the planet. Stand up for oppressed peoples, etc. She doesn't look really all that exhausted, given how exhausting this kind of thing can be. But there can be a sense of tiredness of, oh my gosh, do I really have to just keep having the same thought patterns? The same arguments? Maybe the same arguments with the same danged people over and over? The same argument with myself? There can be this kind of circular feeling that comes with the seven. And the fire within us that wants positive change or that just simply believes that we are right that we deserve to, as the people of this deck claim, be assertive, don't back down courageously stand up for yourself some of that requires a lot of belief a belief that what I know is the right thing that it is correct in some kind of grand a priori kind of way or a priori, if you prefer, you know these things that well, I know it down in my bones; therefore, it's true. And that can get that can get pretty dicey, actually, when the issues that we're dealing with may involve our society at large. Things like, is this one vaccine effective enough and safe enough? Is this uh, is is going unvaccinated? really doing a disservice to the other people in our lives even if we don't like these vaccines Um, that kind of stuff so you may have been feeling that uh, kind of political or societal conflict but you may have been feeling more personal conflict as well and that will totally pop up with the seven of wands but there's a sense of like This has been going on a while. We're getting tired here. Now, the next card that tells us a little about where that conflict is taking us. It takes us to the Two of Winter. That's equivalent to the Two of Swords in this deck. So this is our air sign. This can be being trapped in thought or using our powers, our mental powers of thought. To block ourselves off from inconvenient emotional truths. It often indicates reaching a state of indecision that might feel really yucky or, you know, intolerable. In other decks, you'll see this um, pictured, illustrated by a youth or a woman seated, maybe on a throne or a bench, with two swords. And she's wearing a blindfold. In this deck, it's a small child. And they seem to be deciding between two different musical instruments. It's a child fairy. And uh, the makers of this deck think that this indecision is a bad thing we ought to move on from. Indecision is holding you back. Make the choice that's best for you rather than trying to please others. This card may also represent feeling trapped between the intellectual and the emotional. So this could easily work in with our Seven of Wands, Seven of Spring vibe. Where we've got the conflict, and we kind of know what what we want to do. But we may not have all that cocky belief. You know, when when that belief isn't firm enough, then we, you know, we vacillate. We may not, and that doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Like I said, the makers of this deck say, hey, indecision is holding you back. Sometimes indecision is a result of deep thinking, thorough thinking, or even trying to let go of thinking for a moment so that we can get at something deeper, such as feeling. But the desire to understand those feelings before we go dashing forward with our bold decision, I don't think that has to be a bad thing. It's just really uncomfortable to be in. And there might be a point where it becomes unhealthy, unsustainable. There may come a point where it's like, okay, I can't just keep trying to decide between thing A and thing B forever. I have to decide something or I'm going to drive myself crazy. Oftentimes our decisions on these things are really, we're the person that they affect most. We may try to think of it in terms of, oh, well, what's best for my family? Or what's best for my country? What's best for the planet? These are very valuable things to consider. But sometimes the, the biggest effect for us, like if like, say you're trying to decide whether to take a trip, but you know that uh, excess travel is bad for the environment. But this trip just keeps coming up for you. You really want to take this trip. You know, in the long, big overall view of things, is it really going to matter if you take one trip? Is that going to tip the balance? Will that be the straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of environmental degradation, pollution, carbon? Mm, Probably not. But for your sanity, for your understanding where you are, where you sit with regard to the environment, it is important to actually think through the repercussions. And if you decide to go on a trip, well, good for you. It's good that you have the perspective, that you didn't just jump right in. Excuse me again. But that you actually took the time to consider the effects of your actions on others with regard to the environment or COVID that kind of thing so we're moving from the 7 of spring and through the indecisive 2 of winter where is all that going to take us all that conflict all that thinking all that frankly discomfort right those are not super fun cards to have where do those take us where can we expect to be very soon and what card is going to kind of rock us through the next couple weeks. Well, it's a nice card. We have pulled the Magician. So the Magician is card number one in the major arcana cycle of the tarot. And this guy has really weird eyes. I don't know. (laughs) Generally, the Magician is usually illustrated as um, having masculine qualities And that makes sense. It doesn't have to be taken literally with regard to your biological sex. But um, the magician might have a wand, you know, a phallic symbol is part of the masculine principle of manifestation. And that's manifestation in the outer world. So these guys say you can do anything, take charge of your life, you can manifest what you need to be a success. that's a nice message I think that that's a kind of a nice generic message that one might always want to think about you can do anything so when we hit this point with the magician and this guy is a rather puckish character dressed in green carrying looks like a crystal staff Uh, like I said very strange look on his face bizarre eyes he's holding a sparkling uh, infinity symbol in his other hand and he's walking down well it reminds me of the yellow brick road in the Wizard of Oz but it's actually more of like the yellow tan or the tan brick road uh, which is leading from a castle and into some flowers so magicians what do they do? what do we do when we're being magicians? we take the raw ingredients of will, uh, as in our willpower, our desire, our determination. We take that will and we combine it with, well, it depends what we're doing, certain ingredients for a spell, certain traditions and rituals and bits of language that we've been taught or that we've picked up from a book or the internet. We combine all that stuff together to try to make our internal desire become an external reality. That's manifestation. Uh, And it can be seen pretty simplistically, including by, I would say, even especially by um, certain people involved with the magic and witchery communities. So they can get really focused on this whole idea of willpower and, uh, sell you hundreds of dollars worth of whatever in order to manifest. And sometimes things don't manifest the way you think that that you want them to. And this can leave people feeling quite disillusioned and sad. And, uh, I, I recently heard from a young woman who, um, is susceptible to depression and suicidal ideation, and her uh, her experience her run in investing a lot of time and money in the kind of you know Los Angeles manifestation scene um, was very bad for her It really left scars and anybody who's been involved in a self help scheme or a religion that um, that doesn't work out you might know what that you might have a sense of, of that feeling it's a kind of betrayal kind of a terrible feeling of betrayal so that's kind of the downside about looking at the magician and our powers of magic as being this manifestation machine something that we just, you know, we make it happen with our will. And if it doesn't happen, you know, maybe we get the feeling that that's our fault. Or if it's religion, we get the feeling that God doesn't like us. Not only did we not pray right, but God doesn't like us. These are, these are the, um, there's, there's one more thing to watch out for with the magician. When the magician energy is flowing really well, sometimes we can feel like, yes, I can manifest anything. Let's go. And sometimes we overdo it. So that would be the magician's, the sorcerer's apprentice story. You might have seen the, um, the Disney movie Fantasia. There's a part where Mickey Mouse is being the sorcerer's apprentice. And he starts using his master's spells. And to his delight, they work. But they work too well. So he's got all these pieces of this broom that are carrying water. He's put out a spell so that he won't have to haul the water himself anymore. So that the broom will turn into a character that hauls the water for him. And it ends up hauling tons and tons and tons of water and flooding everything. And he can't get it to stop. And and since it's Disney, it's sort of funny. Hmm. There's also Strega Nonna's pasta pot, if you know that old Italian story. So the magic pasta pot produces pasta, and once again, it's an apprentice who's not not authorized to use the pasta pot. tries to do the spell to get some pasta to grow while uh, while the witch Streganona is, is out of town. And it makes pasta, and makes pasta, and makes pasta, and it you know covers up the whole house, and it rolls into the town square, and so we have these cautionary tales. Um, to remind us that sometimes magic working, the working itself can be the problem, and there is a double entendre in that. Right, the word "working" is also used as a noun, you can work a spell as a verb, or you can do a working. So your magic hour magic is likely to be. In good shape in the upcoming couple weeks. We are working our way from conflict through indecision into a state where we'll be able to manifest things and work our magic. And yet, it came with a bunch of warnings this time. So, on the positive side, enjoy your will, enjoy your ability to make a decision and try to make something happen. But to avoid those downsides, it's best to stay really flexible, stay nimble, and be very, very, very humble when you are asking the universe to hew to your plan. And you're saying, I want X, Y, and Z to happen in this way. Because you don't have the perspective of the entire universe and the entire unrolling of time. You don't know whether, you know, what the ripple effects are going to be when you throw a stone in the water. I don't know what they're going to be either. So it's a good time to do our manifestation, but also a good time to be aware that our precious will is not always correct. We do not know everything that's out there in the universe. We don't know what's going to unfold, unfold through all of time. We don't know what will happen when we drop the pebble in the pond and the ripples begin to ripple out. So we got to be um, very humble in the literal sense of humble. We're playing our small part in a much larger game or dance of universe than we can possibly comprehend. So maybe our magic during these couple of weeks Maybe our magic can help us manifest things that we can acknowledge are for us. That we don't have the larger picture of everything, but we know that we want a little something that seems to be pretty positive, and we're going to make steps towards that positive thing. There are some astrological influences that might suggest, oh, this is not a good time for stuff. We got the... Mercury retrograde, we've got the Saturn retrograde, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and we've got some um Saturn Uranus square energy coming up again, but I think that these cards are telling us it is a good time to move forward, maybe just don't expect things to be super fast, move gently, move with a willingness, a willingness to accept pushback if it comes Whether that seems to be from the universe, from somebody you don't like and we're having conflict with back there in the uh, Seven of Wands. So that's what I have for you, my dear friends. I am going to sit here in this beautiful, fairly still forest. Maybe you can hear the birds. And I am going to hope that you get some time in nature as well. Have a lovely and charming first couple of weeks of June. Adieu, adieu, adieu.